710 ESPN presents The Experience, the Experience. with Lafern Cusack, where we go beyond the play and focus on athletes, fans, events, and the biggest issues that inspire and shape our lives. Here's the host of The Experience, Lafern Cusack. Lafern Cusack. Marsha Haygood is a motivational speaker and leadership expert. She believes in the importance of capitalizing on boundless potential for individuals and businesses to achieve success. After leading HR resources and administrative services, she wanted to use her wealth of experience in more meaningful ways. And that's why she launched Stepwise Associates at Stepwise Marsha utilizes her expansive knowledge of talent development, managing the challenges and changes of the workplace culture to assist corporation groups and individuals in achieving their goals. She is a strategic thinking partner that uses intentional coaching, leadership training, and consulting services to motivate her clients to take action and move forward with purpose. I have so many things to ask her today, so sit back, relax, and listen to All That's Good with Marsha Haygood. For more information, go to MarshaHaygood.com. This is 710 ESPN. Experience never stops. never stops on your station, 710 ESPN. Here's Laferne Cusack. Thank you for joining me. I'm Laferne Cusack, and today I have a wonderful person here to help you move forward with purpose. Marsha Haygood, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. We can discuss a whole lot of things in the range of leadership and purpose and moving forward. Can you tell me what propelled you to get in this style of leadership and being a motivational speaker? I was in human resources, and so often I saw people who were making avoidable mistakes. And I really wanted to share with those people, oftentimes I could not because I was working in the corporate arena, but oftentimes I would coach people outside of my company to lead with purpose. I think that the first person you really learn is yourself and just sharing tips and strategies started me doing this on my own. My company is 15 years old now. I've been doing this as an entrepreneur for 15 years, and it is truly my calling. That's great. And so when you say you see people who are making mistakes, can you describe some of those? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Um, First of all, I think that so often people are um, not thinking through what success looks like for them, what it feels like for them. So often they're doing things because they feel like they have to. And they put their dreams in storage, so to speak. I'll do that someday. You know, I'm going to eventually do that. I hope to do that someday. And I tell my clients, hope 
is not a strategy. <laughs> and someday is not a time, Frank. <laughs> oh, my so let's goodness. Put some real things in place. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. You need to trademark that. That's awesome. <laughs> Where do you think this this failure to act on comes from? Fear? Well, I think partially fear. I think sometimes fear. I shouldn't say partially. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's how we've grown up. Mm-hmm. You know, go to school, get a good job, put your head down, work hard, and hope hope for the best. <laughs> you, you know? um, and I think every step of that can lead you astray. Uh, I think... Yes, you're going to have to work hard. No matter what you do, you must take action. However, you put your head down, you miss some wonderful opportunities. Yes. And you sort of think that you're going to go in a straight line, and that usually doesn't happen. It may, but there are opportunities out there no matter what. Even in bad times, there are opportunities if you're prepared for them. So I help people sort of develop a mindset of expecting to win, expecting things to go right, but to prepare whether they go well or whether they don't. Mm -hmm. Preparation is key. So preparation is key. Action is key. And and the other part is networking is key. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure that you are um, talking to people and learning from your own experiences as well as the experiences of others. Yes. Um, And that goes like for athletes. You can't just get out on the court and start playing basketball or on the field play football. There is preparation. There, There is strategy. There is things you have to do before the game. And I think a lot of athletes um, that go into the workforce afterwards, there's a type of leadership that comes, or or maybe I should say talent or skill set that comes with athletes, that they bring it into the workplace and they're able to lead, they're able to work with teams, they're able to, you know, pivot if they have to. Is that something that you would say as well? I definitely would. But I, I start off even before that. I start off, you know, they can't just go on the field and be good. It takes practice and it takes reflection. And so often the mistakes I see is people think, I have this great skill. I don't need to improve it. There's always room for improvement. Practice is necessary. Always, always, no matter whether you're leading yourself or you're leading others. I think that you also learn new techniques, new new ways of doing things. That comes whether you're on, uh, 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 whether you're an athlete on the court or on the field or whether you are in a job. Mm-hmm. And you learn from others as well. You know, I always say if you're the smartest person in the room, then your room is too small. Yes. You should be learning from people. 
Yes. And you don't have to like them to learn from them, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is so true. Because it's like being in the workplace, you are uh, surrounded by a lot of people that maybe bring their issues into work. And you're like, what is going on? As me observing them and what they're doing in their job, they do that. They do that pretty well. They do that pretty well. Exactly right. And if they don't do it well, then you learn what you don't want to do. (laughs) So either way, you can learn from that. I loved how you flipped that. Uh, (laughs) You talk about, you know, living your life, move your life forward with purpose. And sometimes we do get stuck. And because so many people are doing multiple jobs now, in the workplace, that's just how the workplace is going now. It feels as though a lot of people are overloaded with stuff, so they keep their head down and they keep doing what they need to do just to get through the day. What would you say um, say to someone that is in that particular situation? You know, I, I people tell me they're busy all the time. And then I say, I, you know, I say, So what have you accomplished today? And oftentimes they can't, when they start answering, (laughs) it's a a short answer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I think one of the things that I talk to people about is the difference between what's important versus what is urgent. Mm. You can, you know, everything is thrown at you. That doesn't mean they're all important. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be productive because you've been doing that. Mm-hmm. I like to tell people that they need to think about, I call them the four T's. Take time to think mm. about what you need to do versus what you want to do versus what's just being thrown at you. And it becomes a routine to do. So often we do things by routine. So I help clients set up success routines. You're going to do it. You know you're going to do it. What's something that you must do? And let's fold that into your routine so that you get those things accomplished. And I I give people examples of that. And I I will share with you, I'm a morning person. Mm -hmm. So I, at night, before I go to bed, I just make a list of some things that I must get done tomorrow. They, those those are in, the important things. Now, urgent might be, you know, somebody who turns on their phone and looks at their messages. Right. Important for me and urgent for me is in the morning. Look at that list. I might add from that list. I might take some things away. But when I turn on my electronics, I'm now working on somebody else's schedule. When I'm looking at my list, I'm working on my schedule. Mm, very interesting. Urgent versus important. Yes. Now, everyone doesn't have an early morning schedule like me. Everybody's not a morning person. But what I say is the most productive part of your day, the best time of your day, you should always give to yourself. Yes. I love that. Yeah, because when you go to your phone, it's like, well, for me, it 
I go into panic mode. I'm like, what? Who texted me? Oh my gosh. What? And, and my son, he's eight years old. He feels all of that. He's like, mommy, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah but when you think about it, if you had to list what was the most important part of your life, you'd say it's your son. Right. Not what just happened to So get the best time to go to him. Right. And then look at the phone. <laughs> Give him some loving clothes and then say, now mommy's going to get crazy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And, you know, since we're all still working at home, there is a lot of that. That goes to handling like all of, you know, your workplace is your home, your, you know, your family's around you. And it's it's just a whole new world. It is a whole new world. But you know what? We will adapt to that. It, mm-hmm. it, it's a, a, a new normal. But, you know, sometimes <laughs> I like to say that uh, change is the kick in the butt sometimes we need yes. to get us out of a rut. Yes. And most people dare say, we're in a rut. We were, we were moving pretty fast. We would do everything was urgent. We, mm-hmm. you know, but then the things we prayed for, now think about it. People would always say, boy, I wish I didn't have this long commute. Yep. Boy, I wish I could spend more time with my family. Well, I wish I had. I could work from home. Guess what? <laughs> we had all of those things. And now what are people complaining about? Can't wait to get back to work. Yes. Oh, boy. I spent a whole lot of time with that family. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, yeah. and I need that... to commute so I could read my emails. I, you know, it just changes. <laughs> yes, it does. There's always something, Marsha. COVID made me realize how much I was not taking in self-care self-care and if I'm not if I don't have self-care then how am I supposed to give that to my son and my husband right you 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 can't you you cannot give from an empty cup you've heard that before (laughs) yes so I say and and I say you can't you know you're always waiting for a lot of time to do that you know people say I can't wait to go on vacation Mm-hmm. My thought is, take their 1,440 minutes in a day, take at least 15 of those for your own self-care. 1,440 minutes, 15 at least for self-care. Mm-hmm. That might be walking outside. It might be going in the bathroom and locking the door. Right. It might be sitting quietly. It might be... You know, doing an exercise, standing up and stretching, whatever it is. But when you can pour back into yourself, you have more to give, whether it be giving to family or giving to friends or giving to the workplace. You will do better when your cup is full on anything. And that's without exception. Yeah, I I love that. So, Marsha, when you take someone in as a client and everyone. Mm-hmm. You can go to MarshaHaygood.com for more information. 
what would be the second thing, because you, you told me the first thing, what would be the second thing that you, that you would tell me to do or h- how I can go forward? You mean after you pay me? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> okay, for real. No, yes. I, I really would talk to you about taking some time to think. I ask clients to write down some objectives. Write down some things they'd like to accomplish, why they want to work with me, and if they're willing to put in the work. Because sometimes I give homework. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to tell me each time we talk, oh, I was too busy to do that, then we're probably not a good match. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, I'm not going to give you a lot of stuff that you, you know, read this 400-page book. It's none of that. But it is giving you taking time, some time to think. Mm-hmm. So I say reflect on some things that worked well for you. Re- reflect on some things that you'd like to change. Give me a list of things that you'd like to accomplish. And maybe we, we'll rank those and, and talk about you have five things down there and we'll talk about number one and number two. What's prevented you from moving forward on those two things thus far? Mm-hmm. I'm asking you to reflect. I, I, I talk about a couple of things. Reflection is big mm-hmm. because I think you can learn from your own experiences because we, we tend to, the things we do uh, uh, easily, mm-hmm. we take for granted. We forget we've even done them. Mm-hmm. They just happen. No, they didn't just happen. You just did them so well. So I want you to, to pull that back and say, wow, I do that well. And, you know, we've been in a culture where oftentimes we're told the strengths are your strengths. Work on your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. You know, I say, you know, sometimes you don't want to work on those weaknesses. (laughs) (laughs) I have have little mantras for everything. So I say, if you can, those things you hate to do and you don't do well, I, I say three Ds. You either have to do them, delegate them, or dump them. Mm, <laughs> yes. You know, can they fit into one of those categories? Is I'm going to get up and do them. You know, sometimes it's, some people say, I'm going to do the hard things first so I can get it over and done with. Mm-hmm. Others say, you know what? I'm going to do those last because I hate doing them. Those are the people who really get in trouble because they procrastinate. They start to procrastinate. And then they, even the things that are not important get done. Yes. And the things that are important get laid on the side. So I say, think about it. Think about what it is you want to do, what it is you have to do. And then let's put them in some type of order mm-hmm. so that you do them. Yes. I'm big on saying being, I, I want people that I work with to be both happy and successful. And in order to do that, you have to reflect. You have to refocus. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, you have to re-engineer. <laughs> but I also want you to rejoice yeah. and celebrate. I understand that. What happens when you are the leader, mm-hmm. but yeah. the culture of the company is about blame and shame, and therefore mm-hmm. the people that you're leading you know, gets frustrated and your strength as, as you lead is not seen as strength. It's seen 
as something else because of the culture of the company. Interesting. And I do have clients that tell me this on a regular basis. <laughs> I'm there, sure. There's, <laughs> there are two things that I, I say to this. Um, one is you must know your why. Is your why to fit into that type of culture or your why to make sure people know that that's not who you are? Is your why, you know, there's some people say, you know what, I'll just go in any coach, any company. I can withstand any culture. I just want the money. I want the recognition. I want the fame. And I tend to think, this is my thought, money is only the motivator on payday. The rest of the time, you are being eaten up inside. And all of that money could go to your health care when you get sick. So you have to know your why. Is your why to show that you're a leader and that even though other people are doing it this way, you don't want to do it this way? I have another, another phrase for you. You know how we're told treat people the way you want to be treated? Mm-hmm. I, I turn that around and I say, don't do to others what you don't want done to you. Right. How about let's turn that around? You know, make it so that even though the culture is crazy, you can say to the people you lead, culture is crazy, but we're all going to get what we want. Let's calm down and let's think about what we need to do in a calm fashion so that we can take care of ourselves, our health, and still be happy doing some of the things that we love to do. Yes. That's a conversation. Yes, that is. And and then you have to live that. Then you can't run around like a crazy person. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You can't. can't buy into that and when people yell and scream and you know i've had a boss that was mean 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 and would scream at people mm-hmm. and sometimes i just listen and other times i wait until he wasn't screaming and i go did you really mean to do that because you got everybody in the room crazy they're scared to help you get what you want to get because they're afraid to speak up. They have ideas, but they can, they're afraid to share it. Mm-hmm. Did you mean to do that? Wow. Yeah. I... So sometimes you call people on that, and you cannot call them when they're acting crazy. <laughs> right. You can't call them on that then, because they're just going to get more crazy and pull you into it. Yes. You know, I, I, some, and, you know, it's funny, because some of the worst bosses that I've had um, have taught me how not to act. So that when I'm leading people, they know I'm not going to act like that. And, and, and I say to people, think about whether you want to be someone's angel, that's someone who gives people energy, or if you want to be, and I have a new term, one of my clients actually told me this. I was saying, do you want somebody who gives you energy or someone who takes it away? And now I say, do you want to be someone's angel? Or do you want to be the energy vampire? <laughs> Sucking everything out of life. <laughs> Sucking everything out of life. <laughs> right. And you make that decision. You have that choice. Yes. It's um, 
on another show I talked about Scott Rudin, how he was really mm-hmm. mean to his assistants and he would throw things. And, you know, a lot of the assistants were not aware that people didn't act this way in the workplace, in the entertainment industry. What would you say to young people coming in that don't really know that it's not that we that that's not <laughs> proper, right? Then no, <laughs> not proper. But you know, I also think I also think it's important for people to talk to people, and that's where I say yes. you need to talk. You need to network with people, and you don't have to share. Um, you don't have to share company business. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, but you but you want to know what works. You develop some questions. So what works? And what I describe your your um your culture at work what's a good culture what's a bad culture what are things that i can do first of all again your questions are helped when you know your why Mm. so is your why because i'll do anything to get into the entertainment business or is it that i want to go in and work for somebody who can appreciate all i have to offer and I know my value. Yes. But then you have to know wh- what is your value? Because if you are working for someone who doesn't un- understand or appreciate your value, and if you don't know what it is as well, mm-hmm. it's going to make for a bad situation every time. Oh, most definitely. I've definitely, I've learned that. <laughs> I've learned that. We kind of had a pre-call yesterday and a friend of ours was listing all these credits out. And I thought he was talking about you. And I was like, oh, wow, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> and he he yeah, was talking about right. me. And then I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I guess I do. I do do all of that. But yeah. in my head, I'm like, yeah, I just... I do what I love, right? Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I mean. Don't take it for granted. Learn from that. People, first of all, people are always watching. Always, always, always watching. Mm-hmm. And and a good thing to do, it's, a, um, it's one of the exercises that I give some clients, is to write down three to five, three is enough, three adjectives that they would use to describe themselves. Whatever the three adjectives are. And then don't tell anyone, but ask people who are around you from different aspects of your life. Not everybody at work, mm-hmm. some at work, some in your community, some at church, some at, you know, your family, and ask them to give you a couple of your adjectives. There's no argument about this, by the way. You can't ask the feedback. You're just doing an experiment. <laughs> and you ask them. Collect those adjectives and see how many of them meet what you said. Because those are the things that you show to everybody. Those are your brand. Mm. That's your brand. And the things you don't like, you either change and then you ask later, you know, you said that I do this. It's never at the same time and it's never an argument form. Right. Feedback is a gift. So you take it and say, can you give me an example of that? And they might say something. You say, oh, I did. You want to say, oh, I didn't mean it that way. But now you know that somebody else may be hearing it or seeing it differently than you did. Yes. It helps form your brand. 
Yes. So the person we were speaking with is telling you your rant. Very interesting. And you were saying, who, me? Who, me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll take that. (laughs) So you want to be able to do that on a on a regular. And you can do that in, in a lot of different ways. Um, I actually do a self-evaluation form. I actually have a type of form that I send out to people every other year. Mm-hmm. And ask them to send it back. Now, when I first started doing it, people were very hesitant mm-hmm. because they don't want to, you know, hey, oh gosh, I really want to tell her this, but do I really want to tell her that? And then when they saw I wasn't going to argue the point, I was going to say, thank you. Hmm, let me think about that. Wow, good to hear. Yes. Now it's my choice. Yes. Do I want to change it or do I want to keep it the same? Marsha. My choice. Yes, your choice. And Marsha, I want to get get into that as as well. Again, MarshaHaygood.com for more information. So when... You were leading executives, leading large corporations and companies. When mm-hmm. did it occur to you that you had to pivot to change, that you wanted to launch this fantastic company and help people that want to be helped? You know, I always wanted some parts of it. There are certain parts of, of my current responsibility that I always loved. I love talking to people. Could you tell? I love love talking. I love sharing strategy. Um, I I like uh, uh, seeing other ways of doing things. I'm more strategic, Um, but I wasn't always. I was always strategic, but I used to be more emotional strategic Mm. and I had to learn to balance that and now strategy overrides emotion so you know if if someone said to me uh, you know what you're just an angry black girl I'd have to laugh at them now Mm. I'd say oh no 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 and you know I'm not as well and I could smile and all versus arguing the point I'm not angry I'm not do this I'm you know so you learn those things. I think strategy comes from being around a variety of people mm-hmm. and listening more than talking when people have something to say. You can learn how to work with almost anyone if you pay attention. You learn what they need. Because chances are, if you're around them, you have something that they need. And people act very differently when they need you. So you're there for uh-huh. a reason. You use strategy to know that you wouldn't be there if you weren't needed. Is that correct? No, you wouldn't be there. If, well, first, you might not be there if you weren't needed. But if you're... What do they want you there for? Mm-hmm. And what do they need that they're not telling you? Uh, let me give you an example. I 
think that most people look, want to be wanted, want to be accepted, mm-hmm. want to be visible. Now, again, I come out of the entertainment industry, so a lot of this might be from the people that I've seen. But, you know, how people with power want you to come to their office when, they talk, when they're talking to you. Yes. Early in life, I would say, you know, why do, why do I have to... Why do I have to go to their office? I mean, why can't we just have this conversation on the phone? It wasn't even important that I go up to the penthouse floor. I quickly learned I want to go to their office because it's going to tell me something about them. I'm going to look to see what they have on their desk. Do they like to ski or do they like to swim? Do they have children or do they have animals? I want to know some things about them. But they would never share with me. They'd have no reason to. But you go to someone's office and you learn something about them. And remember, I was working long before there was Google. So now I can Google them as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to share something with them that they care about, that they don't even know that I'm paying attention. I'm going to be on their better side because I'm paying attention and I'm listening to what they have to say. Think about it. Yes. So I go to someone's office and I see that they just got back from vacation, a, a hiking trip. <laughs> you know, I'm making this up. Right. I, I, I might come back and review and look for an article on hiking. And say, I noticed you had a picture of your hiking trip on your desk. And I saw this article on hiking and I thought I'd share it with you. Have you ever seen it? I'm not asking for anything. I don't want them. They don't even have to answer it. Yeah. yeah. But they now know I'm paying attention. The next time, you know, that's how people get sponsors, by the way. because Not because you're asking for things. That's how people get mentors. And when people ask me, would you be my mentor? I'm saying, okay, no. <laughs> I do. I, and I do. I, I say no. No. Nope. Because I want to develop a relationship. This isn't about you asking me to do something for you. Yes. This is about a relationship. Mentors and sponsors are key to my growth. And mentees are key to my growth. So someone who's always asking me for something, they're not key to my growth. They, they, they're the, the part of the energy vampire group. Right. <laughs> oh, my right? goodness. Right. Totally. So it's strategy over emotion. So when someone comes to me and says, hey, Marsha, you know, let's, let's get together. I'm fine with that. But don't ask me to be a mentor until we develop a relationship. And if we develop a relationship, then... We're already mentor and mentee. And I might be the mentee sometime, and sometimes it's going to be you. Mm. Wow, that's great. So, Marsha, you've been doing a lot of motivational speaking, and you're inspiring uh, me right now. Thank you for that. You. <laughs> you talk about breaking through unconscious bias. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that and what you do, how you motivate people? You know, I, 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 I ask people to think back on 
and this is no, you know, you hear this this now more so than than you used to. And I was, I'm, I'm not a diversity professional. I'm not a diversity expert, but I ask people to, without blame or shame, to think about what their assumptions are and to question them. Question your assumptions because we all have them. And I say, how much better you'd be if you assume the best until somebody shows you differently. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about mm, race and religion and ethnicity, oftentimes the people who are most biased, the most biased, are the people who know the least about the people who they're biased against. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) So I say, you know, as a, as, as a black woman, they're thinking, "Mm." you know, uh, she's different from, she's different from others. She's an exception. I'm saying I'm not an exception. I'm the only one, you know, (laughs) yes. Everybody I know is like me. <laughs> you know, oh, she's so articulate. Well, I went to the same school you did. <laughs> I speak English. <laughs> so the assumptions sort of fall out. That's where the microaggression yes. comes in. <laughs> yes. You know? And I just say, stop right there before you. Did you really mean to say that? I can. And, and let me give you an example of this one. Because this one is, is used to come up so frequently um, besides the, you're the exception. Um, I went to speak at a, a, um, a conference and it was the lawyers and judges on unconscious bias. And I was going to be there for uh, two or three days and they knew I was on the program and they knew what I was going to be talking about. And inevitably in the conversations that would happen at dinner and drinks and everything, somebody would always say to me, you know, you're going to be talking about that, but, you know, I don't see color. <laughs> I heard, I must have heard that 20 times, at least. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, when I, I, I never question it. Remember, no shame, no blame. Mm-hmm. But when I got on stage, the very first thing I said, I said, I've met so many of you. I want to know how many of you didn't know I was black. Please stand up. I said, because people were telling me that they didn't see color. I said, how many of you didn't see, know that I was black? Mm-hmm. Are you surprised now? <laughs> when you say you don't see color, it means you didn't see me. I'm a black woman. Mm-hmm. You saw color. Don't tell me you didn't. <laughs> and don't assume that's a compliment. Right. <laughs> right? And then I started my program uh, on unconscious bias. Oh, how cool is that? See, that's an assumption. Yes. They thought by saying that it was fine, that they were telling me something, but they, and they were, uh-huh. but it wasn't what they thought at the time. 
have you noticed that you know all the stuff that's happened in 2020 and mm-hmm. years before and that more people are taking accountability for learning what they don't know like right yes and, and that's wonderful that's all that you know i can't ask for more mm-hmm. than try to you know be comfortable enough to learn on your own to pick up things and learn on your own Mm -hmm. and then have a conversation about what you've learned. Mm -hmm. You know, I am the co-author of the little black book of success laws of leadership for black women. And I tell people that if there's something that they want to know after they read the book, blame it on the book and ask me or ask someone they know. And it wasn't to exclude anyone. Mm -hmm. The book was written for Black women to make sure we knew that they were included in the book. Because when we wrote the book, there was no book that talked about Black women and leadership in the same title, in the same category. Interesting. None. None. We researched that before we wrote the book. And the book was was um, published by Random House, and even the Random House marketing people do not want us to put the black women mm. on the cover. And here again, here here again, the strategy of our motion, because I had one of the market we had um, some of the marketing people say to us, you know, it won't sell as many books if you put for black women. And I said, why? Because because it just it just won't. It's too restrictive. I said, black women really do read. <laughs> black women read too. You know, but you have to remind people when they're saying something that. <laughs> you know, and he says, "Boy, I've been in marketing a long time, and and I'll never forget my and my co-authors laughing." The guy said, I've been in marketing for a long time, and I know this. <laughs> and I said, and I've been a black woman longer than you've been in marketing. Right. We're not changing the title. <laughs> wow. Very interesting. But you have to be ready for that without an argument. It wasn't an argument about it. Yeah. It was just a discussion. Strategy over emotion. Strategy over emotion. Wow. Marsha, if you could go through some of the other things that you do, you're an author, you are a motivational speaker, you are a leadership (laughs) development expert, you do so much. What else do you do, Marsha? I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I enjoy life, Mm -hmm. is what I do. Everything that I am doing now is based on everything that I have done, Mm -hmm. both the good and the bad, I've learned from those things because I not only wanted to work towards being the best that I could be in this field, I want to enjoy the journey. I am am living my life is good. I'm living my best life every single day. 
but it's with purpose and intention. It's intention. I, I talk about, you know, sort of, um, and you, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it. It's like a light wheel. What are all the things in your life and what do you want to devote time to? So I want to devote time to my family. I want to devote time to sharing what I know with other people who can benefit from what I've learned. I am no longer building a resume. I'm now leaving uh, or trying to leave a legacy. Mm, right. You know, so I don't have to say I have I have ten years. You know, I I see some coaches say I'm a certified coach mm-hmm. because they took a class. <laughs> right. And I say now time to enjoy the journey. Yes. What can you share with me that's going to make me better? I'm trying to reach back and bring others along. I want people to be as happy and as successful as I have been. I've been blessed. Mm. I don't take that for granted. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Uh, you talk about, I know we touched on title and all of that, you know, for an industry being here in Hollywood, people look to titles and then once you get it it's like what you know (laughs) okay uh (laughs) but what's your value you know where do you place value and just like you saying I place value in my family I place value in doing the very best job that I can do but bringing my happiness and joy in it the way that I like to do right and By at the end of the day, I don't want my son coming up saying, are you okay, mom? You know, are you okay, okay, mom? But to, you know, be in that state of joy of, yeah, today I accomplished a lot. And most of it, it's I, I stayed exactly who I am and trusted that, trusted in myself. Absolutely. And that feels good. And you know what? Some days... You won't get a whole lot accomplished, but you'll get something accomplished. Mm-hmm. And and for me, that's why writing writing um, my list at night, because I can look at that list in the morning and know that even if I can't accomplish all the things on my list, I'm going to accomplish something. Amen. And sometimes, <laughs> yeah, and sometimes on my list, accomplishment is rest. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be busy. And, you know, you can learn from people who have been successful. I quote um, something that I read about Warren Buffett. I've never met the man, but he seems to have done okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit, yes. And and someone asked him, how did he do all of these things that he – wanted to do and he's invested and he's had all these companies and how did he do it? And he said, I write down 25 things in my life that I want to accomplish. And he said, then I rate the first five. And he said, the others, I just write down and leave to the side because the other 20 are distractions. (laughs) Mm. How about that? Wow. So work on the first five. And you put your own time frame on that. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So you can say in the next five years, I'm going to accomplish these five things. And then I say, I do this. At the end of the month, I say, do I do anything that leads me to any one of these five things? Mm. Did I do anything that leads me a little bit further? It could have been that 15 minutes. Sometimes it's, you know, one of the things I want to do is stay healthy. Yes. Did I go to the doctor and check my numbers? Yes. <laughs> Did I do any exercise? Did I anything? Yes. The little things. They don't have to be so big that you, that you, you know, big goals. When you just try to reach for that big goal and you don't take it, you don't pay attention to those little steps, you tend not to get them done. Right. Well, Marsha, you've provided a wealth of information today, and I am truly thankful for you sharing your expertise. How can people get a hold of you, find out more about Stepwise and your motivational speaking and your executive leadership? Thank you for asking. Um, I love speaking to groups. I mean, my my, and speaking to people and, and sharing information. So if people need a keynote speaker, a motivational speaker, get some inspiration for a group, they should contact me. Um, MarshaHaygood.com is my website. They can Google me. My company is Stepwise Associates. They could definitely do that. I'm also an empowerment coach. So those people who are looking for one-on-one coaching could also contact me. And we can talk about whether my services are right for them. It's not right for everyone. I don't think I can coach everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, But we can talk about it. I do 15-minute discovery calls so that people can learn about my services and see if that's um, in line with what they do. I do leadership development. I go into corporations. I did go into corporations. I do both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do a lot of virtual now mm-hmm. where I'm talking to groups to just kind of get them moving forward with purpose, understanding what they're looking to do and understanding their why, you know, and how they can do it. I talk to both organizations and individuals. So both sort of work hand in hand. So I'm doing a lot of that virtually, um, especially since uh, people are not back at their corporations. But I help corporations both both hire people, thinking about the values that people will need, and also retain people that they're looking to retain by talking to. I have quite a few of uh, uh, clients that are presidents and CEOs that don't that, that I can co- sort of coach behind the scenes on things that they want to do. They may not want people to know that they have a coach. Everything I do is confidential yes. in that regard. So I, I'm just working with people. I do a lot of. I have everything from athletes to attorneys <laughs> that are part of my um, part of my clientele. But, and I'm really talking about you being the best that you can be to, um, if you're feeling unfulfilled, stressed, 
burnt out, unclear on what to do next, I become my client's strategic thinking partner. That's what I do. I love that. And speaking about athletes, you know, I touched on when they come out of college or, you know, they, mm-hmm. they come out of the um, being a professional player, a lot have their identity put into playing basketball, playing this particular sport, and a lot are lost after they get out of it. It's like, what's right. next? You know, this was my life. Like, how how do I how do I navigate now? How do I navigate now? What do I want to do now? Yes. How do I use the skills that I have in a way that's still going to be meaningful to me? And yeah, and we talk about all that. That's yes. the, you know, the strategic partnership that I have, understanding and, and also under, understanding what you do well and also knowing those things that you need to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, I find people who are real good at a skill but don't know finances. Right. <laughs> or real good at, at one thing and not knowing something else that they will need and sort of directing them in a way so they're not taking advantage of. And I, I, when I, when I say that, I think of athletes when I, when I say that, because so often they've been playing, but somebody else has been responsible for things that are important to them. And, and they don't know, they don't know what they don't know. Yes. Well, thank you. Marsha Haygood, thank you so much for coming on ESPN and sharing your strategic outlook for success. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for inviting me to speak with you today. Thank you and have a wonderful weekend. You too. For more information, go to MarshaHaygood.com. I'm Laferne Cusack and this is 710 ESPN. You've been listening to The Experience with Laferne Cusack. Getting the residents of Los Angeles, Orange County, and all of Southern California closer to their community. It's The Experience with Laferne Cusack on 710 ESPN.